if you put your logo on, I, I mean, it's like going to a wedding and, and like showing up for your best friend and like, hey, here's this Tiffany's vase. And on it's like compliments of Bobby Glazier. Like you would never do that. Even the cheesiest person in the world, but we do it in business. We call it marketing. And so billions of dollars are wasted on stuff at events, at Christmas, all these horrible times to send gifts. And then they deface the item by slamming a logo on it and making it all about themselves. Like that's not a gift. Like that's a promotional item. Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from Vera Nazarin, gift-giving is a true art. I'm excited to welcome our guest today, my good friend, John Rulin. John is one of the best gift givers in the world. He's the founder and the CEO of The Rulin Group and the best-selling author of Giftology. Uh, he's also a keynote speaker who helps brands around the world step up their gifting and generosity game. John, welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think you, you were in the first couple of shows, so I'm hoping we've improved uh, our game <laughs> since then. <laughs> At least I've improved my game. I, well, dude, I, I, it'll, it'll raise my game regardless. So I love it. Throw me some curveballs, man. The audio is better. I, I know last time we dug in a little about your, your backstory and how you got in the business of selling Cutco Knives, which is a, an esteemed group of people who have risen to the top of, of Cutco Knives. But take me forward from there. You know, how did sort of your experience there then turn into the ruling group or what was the process there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Cutco's got a lot of alumni. They've, they've worked with 1.5 million people over the years and guys like Hal Elrod and some interesting guys have have sprung out of that and gone on to run other businesses. But my my really pivot point, which, you know, the word pivot's a little bit overused now, yeah. but uh, the, the, you know, my turning point was my original mentor, Paul, who was this rainmaking attorney. And he was like an amazing relationship builder. And when I saw how people like that he had built a relationship with 30 years ago were still referring him business and opening doors, I looked at him at 60 and I was like, Man, I, want, I want to be him when I'm 60 and I'm 20 at the time. And so really a lot of what I've done over the last 20 years is modeling people like him who, you know, at, at the end of the day, most of your listeners could give two rips about gifts, but we all care or at least say we care about relationships with employees and clients and, you know, boards of directors and and mentors and investors, all these different people. And, and yet most people, they think they're a seven out of 10 when it comes to showing gratitude and appreciation to all these great relationships. And really they're a negative three because they're not really, nobody's ever really shared with them a strategy and a recipe. And a lot of the recipe has been off of modeling people that they weren't doing it as a tactic. They were like my original mentor, Paul would just love on people, no strings attached. And because of that, he had these lifelong relationships that weren't just like acquaintances. They were people that were truly loyal to Paul. And because of that, like the deal flow and access that he had was just incredible. And he was very successful. And there, I've seen other people. I mean, we're, we're part of a, a group of guys that, you know, like outgivers, like they're people that are amazing relationship builders and are super generous. And so a lot of the what we teach with the Giftology Group now and our, our outsourced gifting agency is really just helping people think just as strategically about relationship building as they do about their financial plan or their marketing plan or any other thing. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, we talk about the gifting, but gifting is sort of the output, you know, the philosophy, your fly, I think sort of radical 
generosity and so and, and relationship building. Uh, and then the gifts are a way to show appreciation. So how do you define kind of radical generosity? Well, I mean, we in the book, we use it interchangeably with giftology, but really in any relationship, you know, personal or business, you can tell when somebody is holding back or when somebody's all in and going, you know, not the extra mile, but the extra 10 miles. You can tell when your spouse is all in, you can tell you know, when your kids are all in, you tell when your clients are all in. And so really radical generosity is, it's just another word for love. Like the book, The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman's a friend and mentor. And, and he talks about there's five different ways that you can love on people. And, and one of them could be tangible gifts, but also words of affirmation or acts of service. Like these are all ways that we can show up for people. And what I think that a lot of my, my original mentors did really well was they didn't say, what's the least I can get away with? They said, what's the most I can do here? And that's a big, like that one question can shift from, oh, I, you know, like you're at a restaurant and you pick up the tab for, you know, the person sitting next to you. My original mentor, Paul, would be like, you know what? Let's pick up the tab for the whole restaurant and not let anybody know that we did it. And because of that, he just became known as this radically generous person. He didn't put words to it. Like for him, you know, I talk about all the time, like it's really cool and a buzzword to like have a gratitude journal in you know 2020, but gratitude for, for people that are really good at relationships is an action. Like he would take action and show that generosity, not just feel gratitude for somebody. And, and uh, I think a lot of people are selfish and only making it a feeling versus taking action on it. And that's really that radical generosity is just putting that love and going all in on, on how you show up for people. And, and I will share with everyone that John really lives this. So <laughs> when my phone rings, when I get a text or an email from John, he's got something for me. Like I, I got to introduce you to this person. Like most people, you can hear from them, you haven't heard from them in a while. And it's like, hey, can you help me with something? So <laughs> uh, I, I, right when you get that text, you haven't heard from someone in a year. It's never like, hey, I got something I, that I want to help you with. So so I, clearly you, you've taken that. You know, one, one thing that you and I have talked about, which is probably a little bit of the, the bane of your existence, is why companies, you know, who have very lucrative commission plans for salespeople, right? They mm-hmm. sell something, they get a lead, they get 10% of a $100,000 lead. Yep. You hear a lot of businesses say they get all their best stuff from referrals in their network. But when they get a $100,000 referral from their network, they have trouble forking over even maybe time for a thank you note or a hundred dollar bottle of wine. It, it just seems like the scoreboard's totally different. And I, and I've never really understood why. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, that people tend to go to the lowest common denominator and they look around and say, what is everybody else doing? And I think that in generosity and gifting, it feels rude to, you know, like you, you refer somebody a hundred thousand dollar deal and they send you that, you know, $50 bottle of wine. And internally, you're thinking, what a cheap SOB, <laughs> but you don't write that in a note to them. You're supposed to, you know, the polite thing, the politically correct thing is to say thank you. But internally, you're actually like, what they don't realize is they're actually spending money to damage relationships. And that's really a lot of what gifting, people think they're doing gifting and they slam a logo on something and hand it out to their employees like, oh, we're so generous. Here's your swag. Swag isn't a gift. A gift by its very nature is recipient focus. And so I think that if people put themselves in the other person's shoes and said, holy crap, my client literally just referred me, you know, a $50,000 piece of business, a million dollar piece of business or a lifetime value of that relationship that they just opened the door for that I didn't have to market for, I didn't have to pay a commission for. What if I just started to 
you know, and, and you can reinvest back into relationships with cash. I think that's one way to do gifting. I think it's kind of lazy, but it is semi-effective. I think it would be way better to look at that deal and say, you know what, I would have to pay a sales rep, you know, 10 grand, even to reinvest five grand back into that person and maybe not even do it all at one time. Maybe because I think that when you do a gift after a deal, like most people would say they're in the relationship business, not transaction. And yet most people, the only time they send gifts is when a deal's done, when a referral is given, when somebody's stayed at a company for 20 years. And I'm like, how about you start sending gifts, not as a carrot and stick or as a transactional deal? How about you take that money and invest it in your top 50, 100, 500 relationships as a just because? Because in those situations, you could actually spend less money and then something just shows up out of the blue on a random Tuesday in July. People are like, holy crap, Bob's the most thoughtful person on the planet versus you know, sending something after you, you, know, you pick up a $50,000 a client. It almost feels like, well, of course, you're going to send something like you just made a bunch of money that doesn't hit people at the emotional level that it could have if they had been more proactive versus what most people do in business, which is, is gift and send things very reactive. And I want to repeat something you said at the beginning. There are a lot of Johnisms that I repeat, and this is one of them. You could probably, I'm going to get the language wrong, but but if it has your logo on it, it's not a gift. It's a marketing piece. If it has their name on it, it's a gift. Is that the rule or something like that? Yeah, it's exactly. It's a gift by its very nature is recipient focused. So it should be their name, maybe their logo if they started the company, their faith, so scripture, their, you know, their words or something that's important to them. If you put your logo, I, I mean, it's like going to a wedding and, and like showing up for your best friend and like, hey, here's this Tiffany's vase. And on it's like compliments of Bobby Glazer. Like, like that, you would never do that. Even the cheesiest yeah. person in the world, but we do it in business. We call it marketing. And so billions of dollars are wasted on stuff at events, at Christmas, all these horrible times to send gifts. And then they deface the item by slamming a logo on it and making it all about themselves. Like that's not a gift. Like that's a promotional item. That's a, it's actually a manipulation. Like, hey, Thank you so much for your business or working here. Go advertise for our business for free. Go be a billboard. Go yeah. be a billboard. Like who, like, and especially the more affluent you go up, like people will say thank you, but then those items end up in the trash can or at Goodwill. And I'm like, is you really want like some random dude like wearing your jacket? Like, is that really good branding? No, it's horrible. But it's become commonplace because in Western society, that's just like, oh, that's marketing. It's branding. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the worst. Yeah. And I, some companies have, you probably still don't like this, but they've done a good job of taking like a really nice Patagonia jacket or something and then putting a tiny company logo on it. But when it's a really nice Patagonia jacket and it's a huge company logo, people just have this sort of tension of like, well, that's a nice jacket. I don't really want to wear that. So it becomes their like around the house painting jacket, you know, or, or like rake the leaves, you know, because they don't want to wear it in public. Yeah. And if they're embarrassed, it's like gift guilt. Like right. you're basically spending money to make somebody feel obligated and guilty. And maybe you wear it the one time a year that you golf with them on the golf course just to make them feel good. But, <laughs> but, but the other 364 days, it's like every time they see it, it's a subconscious trigger, which we all make decisions subconsciously and emotionally. It's a subconscious trigger that like this person really doesn't understand me, doesn't really value me, doesn't really care about me. And, uh, and is that really what you, you want floating through your most important clients and employees and joint venture partners? Like, you're not getting the bang for the buck that you think that you are. Like all of those triggers are oftentimes neutral or negative in most cases. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. 
When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and I know that you, you've you played the incredible long game with some people that you've tried to build relationships with. I, I, again, there's no no expectation of reciprocity. Can you share one of these stories where, just to explain what, what this looks like, you know, and the commitment to doing this? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, there's a couple that that come to mind. One is, I mean, Jeffrey Gittimer, we, we, I, won, I met him at an event. I wanted him. I'm like, he's like sold four or five million books. He's the number one sales author. And uh, I wanted to get him as a, not just as a client, but as a referral partner and advocate for Giftology. And uh, so I sent him a, an empty knife block with one knife in it and sent him a different knife set uh, for 18 straight months. Um, it was four or $5,000 worth of knives. All of them were engraved with his quotes and you know his wife at the time's name and all this other stuff. And he reached out. He's like, dude, you're the most pleasantly persistent person I've ever met. He said, uh, except he, didn't, he dropped a few F-bombs in there. He's pretty... You know, he's a New Jersey dude. Yeah. And, uh, and we, I flew out, hung out with him for half a day, didn't ask him for anything, and continued to send him gifts. Like I, I sent him a, his favorite ice cream was uh, is Haagen-Dazs. So I sent him 50 pints of ice cream in an illegally obtained Haagen-Dazs freezer that was delivered to his <laughs> office. Um, he's like, dude, you're already, like, I'm already a fan. I'm like, I know, but like, I like showing appreciation for people, not because I have to, but because I want to. And, uh, and he's done things for me that I couldn't have done with a million dollars. Like he just goes out of his way. And the same with like some of our biggest clients, like going after the Cubs took seven years of gifting, going after DR Horton, the largest builder in the country, seven years of gifting people within the organization before they finally engage. So when I, when people come to us and like, John, I want to, I want to do gifting for the next three months. I'm like, if you're not willing to commit to working with us for three years, we don't want you as a client because you're going to... Yeah, you're like, that's literally how I got you. <laughs> yeah, it's like loving on you for the long term. If you go be generous for three months and then you decide to be Ebenezer Scrooge, you're actually going to do more damage 
to your relationship. So if you're not committing from a heart set and a mindset shift for this to be a long game thing, like go send your Amazon trinkets. Like you're not a good fit for our agency. Well, all right. So you said before you sent him 18 months, what month did he call you after? Was it 18? Yeah. When the, when the <laughs> when night was full. Was full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it was full, he was like, dude, I wondered if you were actually going to fill this thing. And uh, sure enough, you did. And uh, so he played the game and then he called you. He played the game and then he called me. Well, if he, he, he's smart. If you realize if he called you earlier, it was, he wasn't going to get all of his set. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do always complete the set. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, you go halfway and then like they get the client. I'm like, yeah. that's the time. Like, it's like dating and then people get married and then they stop dating their wife or their husband. It's like, you idiot. Like you continue to do the things that got you the client on the other side, not because you have to, but because you want to. And if you do that, like relationships thrive. If you're like, oh, you're already a client, who cares? Or, oh, you're already married, like whatever. You know, tell me how that works out in counseling. Like this is not how, that's not going to produce the fruit that you want, you know, from a profitability in business or even in your interpersonal relationships. So. And in terms of your strategy, how much is it about the quality of the gift or is it about the sort of personalization to the recipient? Like, is there, is there, I think you kind of touched on this before, but is there a minimum level of quality that it needs to work? Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, people will say, well, I don't have a big business or I can't do this because I'm in this industry. And I'm like, that's just, you're just being lame. Everybody can incorporate this, even solopreneurs and authors and, you know, one man bands. Like the, the core of it is like, it needs to be thoughtful. Like people are like, well, it's the thought that counts. I'm like, that's BS. It's the thoughtful thought. So the handwritten note is a big part of it because that provides meaning and context. And so even if people aren't willing to have a handwritten note go with their gifts and like it's dead in the water because that's part of the element, the, the quality that you're talking about. Like, I don't think like crappy stuff from China is really great. I don't think that like Rolexes for 20 grand are gifts. Those are bribes. Most of the things that we recommend and do are in the sweet spot of if, you know, what would it cost to take somebody out to a nice dinner round of golf or ball game tickets? You know, it's usually like 150 to 1500 bucks. It's like they're thoughtful, but they're not like, extravagant you're not sending like teslas to people yeah because it gets then it gets awkward and and potentially you know am i bribing this person yeah yeah <laughs> so there's the sweet spot of like you know two three four hundred dollars like people are like that's a lot of money and i'm like what was your bar tab the last time you took people out for drinks you know like fifteen hundred dollars i'm like nobody remembers a week from then that they went out for fifteen hundred bucks but so you'll do your you know, experiential entertaining and biz dev and marketing at a Ritz Carlton level. And then when it's time to buy gifts, your budget's like $17 and 14 cents for brownies. I'm like, that's a motel six level. If you're going to operate as a Ritz over here, your gifting should be on par and be congruent in what you say. And so I tell people all the time, like forget the $300 watch that you're going to give to people. That's a fossil. I'm like, go to a different category and send somebody an $80 luggage tag. The $300 watch, nobody's going to take their Rolex off or their Breitling or their Apple watch and throw on your $300 fossil because it's like, really? Like, that's your like best in class. I'm like, go to a different category and go all in on this like handmade luggage tagger. I mean, even to this day, like, you know, the silly, stupid knives, people are like, why are the knives? And I'm like, well, most people have a $30 knife set that they got from Bed Bath & Beyond for their wedding 12 years ago. You send them one knife that's $200. And their mind is melted because they've never seen something so personal and nice and classy and includes their family and hits all the hot buttons that we teach. So it follows the recipe. So it's not about, I see people all the time blow through huge amounts of money. So it's not spending more money. It's looking at all of the things that you're investing 
and redirecting a resource and doing you know one thing really well versus doing four things mediocre, which is how most people do it. What's the most personalized creative? Give me an example. Like I was going to ask you the best gift, but I don't think best is right. But what is what is the deepest kind of personalization research that you've done for someone and and or, or a client? I'd love to hear like what it was and what the reaction was. Yeah. So I would say, well, it, it's somebody that did it for me, and then we've now partnered with them to do it for others. Oh, they gifted the gifter. Yeah. They. Uh, <laughs> so people try to send me stuff all the time, and I'm like, oh my Dangerous. gosh, like. It's like, I mean, they don't follow the playbook. I just, so I shouldn't send you brownies with my logo on them? No, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> on Christmas, right? Or on, on Christmas. On, on, yeah. Dude, I think you may have set food at one point in time <laughs> back in the day. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's hard to turn off when you have a filter that you see the world through and you're constantly analyzing that people, you know, my wife's like, well, that, you know, they're trying. And I'm like, no, they're not. They, they sent me a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Did they not listen to the 75 minutes that we spent on the phone together? Like for this interview, I'm like, they're just automating it. They actually spent money to, to annoy me. And it sounds mean, but like, it's like, I think a lot of people don't realize the filter. So, so this, this crazy young guy, uh, artist, uh, long story short is reached out to me blindly and said, Hey, I read your book 10 times. I've listened to all your interviews. I want to bless your wife. Will you answer these questions? And I'm like, I almost didn't answer the questions, but I was like, all right, I'll play. Cause they're personal. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. So he, I, I'm like, all right, I'll play. So I answer the questions like, Hey, it's the gift's done. Can I hand deliver it to you? And I'm like, gosh, she wants FaceTime. All right. Like, so public place, you know, restaurant, get there early. And this kid walks in and he's carrying this like Tupperware container. It's like, can't see through. It's got, it looks like there's claw marks on it. I'm like, this is getting weird. Like, is there a snake inside? Run. Like, yeah, like run. And so he's like this country, you know, kid from Georgia, amazing kid, 24 and tells me, you know, he's married first kid on the way. His wife like works at Chick-fil-A and like she's graduate senior in college. And, and so he pulls out this crazy mug and this, I used to make fun of mugs and this is a thousand dollar mug. And carved into it is my wife's whole life story of like her on the farm with her dad who passed away of cancer. And like, I'm instantly in tears. He pulls out one for me. I'm instantly in more tears. And uh, literally, like, it's the most personalized thing I've ever seen. And then he pulls out two vases that are like these $2,500 pieces that like tell like our whole life story together as a couple. And I was like, what are you? Who are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm a gift maker. And I'm like, oh. you are. And so... Um, the kicker was he drove nine and a half hours to hand deliver these for a five minute meeting. So I ended up going home. My wife was in tears. She is like, she's super private. She's like, he has to stay at our house. I'm like, you don't let anybody stay at our house. So it's like, he comes over, stays at our house. And we started to send these things to billionaires, like literally billionaires. And I've seen billionaires cry, not because it's still just a stupid mug. I mean, most people drink coffee or tea, but what's carved into it is like who mentored them first and who believed in them first and, you know, their family and their faith and their values and their ups and their downs and their best moments, their worst moments. And so like, it's really like their life story, their life's work that they matter carved into this piece. So, and I've had mentors and clients say, John, that stupid thousand dollar mug is more valuable to me than my $50,000 watch. He's like, what you gave me is irreplaceable, like the possessions and fancy stuff, like at the end of the day, like we all want our life to have mattered. And when you can acknowledge somebody and show appreciation at that level of depth, then all of a sudden, like you, you hit a part of somebody's heart and soul that like that very rarely gets exposed and gets engaged with and, and people never forget it. And they talk about it. And, I, and we've sent these all over the world now, but that, that artifact mug, it's just ironic because I used to make fun of mugs as the worst gift on the planet. And now they're amazing. <laughs> 
So he said to you, I am the gift maker. Is that what it was? Yeah. He's like, I'm a gift maker. I said, who are you? He's like, I'm a gift. He's like, you know, you know, like what that, you know what I instantly think about that's like at Ghostbusters. Like, are you the key master? I'm the key master. Like that's the, be- <laughs> that's the best thing anyone could say to you. Like, I'm- It was. I was like, you are a gift maker. And, and the kicker is he won't allow anybody to order it for themselves. So he's like, you have to order it to give it to somebody else. Like you wow. cannot get one for yourself. And I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah. He's like, you can't order one for yourself. I'm like, that is, that makes it even more special. It's uh, so that's one of my favorites, uh, by far. And, and we'll go that probably someone didn't follow your advice, but what's the biggest backfire gift that you've received or you've seen someone send where it actually did more harm than good? I had somebody come up when I was speaking at Vern Harnish's gazelles and they were, um, they were, you know, mid-sized company, probably 20, 30 million. And they had a, they told me the story of hiring a, a headhunter firm to place one of their bigger executives. And, uh, you know, the fee was like a hundred or 150 grand, you know, it was a pretty significant fee. And afterwards they're like, John, the guy thinks that we, they lost the business because for a future business, because of, you know, they're too high or whatever else. And he's like, the real thing that bought, yeah, drove me crazy is afterwards at Christmas, he sent me an $8 bottle of wine. Um, that was like this automated card or whatever else. He's like, it annoyed the, I know what he, I know what we paid him in fees to place that person. And it just rubbed me raw that that right. was like so unthoughtful, so unclassy, so unappreciative. It's like, we'll never work with them again. And they actually spent money to piss us off. And, uh, and so I've heard those sorts of things or rumblings around that kind of thing where, you know, in general, like it'd been better just to do a really thoughtful handwritten note than to actually like show how unthoughtful you are. <laughs> That's the, I mean, people just have to know better with you. I, we'll talk about that later, but I, I, yeah, you, you, you probably have some interesting, well, let's dive into that now. You, you've, when you give it, like, you can't give a bad gift to your wife. Like you're going to oh get, gosh. you're going to get accused of sandbag. I mean, I'm assuming people are afraid to give you gifts. And then I actually assume that when you give people gifts, the expectations are extraordinarily high. Oh, well, my wife is the wor- is the most <laughs> difficult because she knows all of my flaws, all of my hacks, all my tricks, all my right. everything. Right. So like, and, and so early on in our marriage, I was the worst. I was like, I would leave everything on the, the field. I, I had nothing in the gas tank left. And so like I, I, the first three years of marriage, I was the worst gift giver on the planet, which is not a great you know <laughs> position to be in when you're, you know, like married to like mystery giftology. It was like the quadruple whammy. But I think now like I've gotten really good about, you know, I, I, employ the same things I teach, which is like, you need to be actively listening year round. You need to do things, not just at birthdays and anniversaries and Christmas. Like those are table stakes, whether it's a client, an employee or a spouse, like show up randomly. Like I'm planning right now, uh, for my wife, like she, we just had our fourth daughter and, um, you know, there's this certain type of, uh, um, high end pajamas that she, I found out from a friend that she's been wanting to buy, but she can't pull the trigger because they're just stupid expensive. At least in her, like she grew up on a farm, like she's not extravagant. And so I'm going to order like two grand worth of pajamas for her to pick from and not for mother's day, not for birthday. It's just going to be on a random Tuesday and say, Hey babe, like everything's laid out downstairs, go grab a glass of wine. I'm taking the four kids. You have two hours to try on whatever you want. And if you want to keep all of it, great. If you don't want to send it all back, there's no expectation. And so I've done that before. I did it probably six years ago with, uh, with Lululemon and Athleta. Whereas like I, she hates going to the store with kids to try on stuff because it's just yeah. annoying and it doesn't fit and it's not comfortable and it's not and it's and she feels pressure. And so I've gotten way better about, you know, putting on my A++ game 
you know, the last seven years at home. And, uh, you know, I still strike out, like I'm not perfect at home is the most difficult for me in business. <laughs> I can put, I can do a, you know, a hundred or a thousand person gifting plan in my sleep. They, they wouldn't know if you had your B plan and work and be your B game. Your wife knows if it's not your A game. Oh, she knows for sure. And she's not afraid. She's bold enough and she's strong enough. She calls me on it a hundred percent. She doesn't hold back. Um, so. Hey, Elevate listeners. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. <coughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash elevate. I don't know. The only tip I ever heard, someone told me once, don't buy anything that plugs in for Valentine's Day. I thought that was a good, <laughs> good rule. <laughs> Any appliance, like anything in that category, like stay away from it. Yeah, it's a smart move. That's a smart move. Yeah, that's so true. So how has the... Uh, how has the pandemic and the inability to connect with people in person sort of changed the relationship game and how companies and individuals, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of salespeople out there who make their living on face-to-face -face meetings, right? And, and video works, but I mean, how are you seeing companies and people have to adapt? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, we were curious how it all kind of play out. I mean, we've been as a company remote for 12 years, so it didn't affect us as much, but we're like, you know, a bunch of our big speaking gigs, you know, for YPO, the Warren Buffett's annual meeting, all these different things either moved to next year or canceled. And so we're like, what's the, what's this new normal? I hate that word, but like what, how are things going to shift? And what I found is that still being able to, to, to get somebody's attention and engage people and, and show that you're not just talk. Like there's so many people that can have fancy brochures or fancy websites or whatever, but like people want to know, like, you know, do you really, are you really going to follow through? Are you really a real human? You know, do you really have empathy? And so because all the live events and face to face has been canceled, people like we have some clients that have double and tripled their budget on gifting because they're like in marketing and biz dev, we don't have like normally we'd host dinners yeah. and these associations and conferences. We can't do that. We got to do something. And so we've seen an uptick. Now there are clients like casinos and some of them that have really struggled because they have 98% of their people laid off. But in general, we've noticed where people are like, hey, all of our employees are now stuck at home or they're working remote and we want to build culture from afar. What, you know, can we have, we call them love bombs. Can we have something cool show up to all of our employees? Just not because they worked here for five years or 50 years, like just as a, hey, we're thinking of you. And I think sales reps are using the same thing, either to deepen relationships from afar that they normally would take out to a ball game or a dinner but, you know, once again, it comes back to not just sending crap in a box from Amazon. It's like thoughtfulness does win. It needs to be personalized. There needs to be a handwritten note. There needs to be 
some personalization. It needs to show up, not just, you know, because you want something. That's what most people do. They're like send a gift and then ask for a referral. I'm like, guys, like now more than ever, like, you know, now's not the time to ask for the referral. Now's the time to like show up powerfully when everybody else is pulling yeah. back. And so the details around it really will, you know, cause you to, to succeed or to sink based upon, you know, what you put in that handwritten note. Is it an ask or is it a, you know, honoring them? And, uh, and a lot of people end up doing 99 things right. And then they mess up on the one thing and they're like, why didn't it work? And I'm like, because you didn't follow the stupid recipe. Like you, you cut a corner and you, you know, well, like, also it's hard to do it from a place of true generosity when, when there's need. Right. And, and, and this is like, people say, when was the best time to fundraise for your company a year ago? Like, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're relationship building, trying to start your relationship building in the pandemic, you've missed the, this, you build your relationship so that you get through something like a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You dig your well before you're thirsty. And that the Harvey McKay book or quote, like, yeah. and it's true. Like, I think you can, if you're willing to, to play the long game and plant seeds now and water them so that when recovery comes that you're still top of mind, I think you can still like, you know, what's the, the quote, like the best time to, to have planted a tree was 20 years ago. The next yeah. best time is today. I do still think that you can show up powerfully, but you have to be willing to say like, this isn't like a quick fix. I'm going to do this for 30 days and magically, I'm going to have all these amazing relationships. That's not how like relationships work. But I do think that if you are like, Hey, I'm running a marathon. I'm planning on being in business for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Like might as well start now and might as well double down. Cause frankly, you know, a gift a year ago was cool and impactful, but now because everybody's cutting budgets and pulling back and playing fearful, I yeah. do think that there's, you know, there's ways. There's opportunity, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you met Justin, you know, who was. I was just going to ask you to to tell that story because I think it's it's a perfect example of like leaning into the fear rather than sort of saying, oh, we have no budget, we can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the guys who's a regional manager for Hilton was like, hey, man, all these, you know, this is going back a couple months ago. All these event planners are getting their teeth kicked in. They're having to cancel events and renegotiate contracts with us. Like they're having the worst days and weeks and months of their life. And, you know, as a regional sales guy, like he was like, I'm losing a bunch of commissions, but they're having it worse than I am. Why don't I use budget and love on them and not ask for anything, but just show up for them and uh, make it fun and, you know, interesting and playful. And so, you know, put together these crazy love bombs that had like a skull bottle of tequila and a baseball bat with their name personalized on it and a glass case with caution stickers. And basically it was like, when, when things get really bad, break in case of emergency, and, you know, these are event planners that have seen a lot of things, you know, over years or decades for like Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 companies. And the responses that he got were like people in tears, like saying, this is the only good thing that's happened to me this month. I can't believe you were thoughtful enough to send me something like this. In some cases, they're like, hey, send us the contract for 2021. We, we want to push it through procurement right now. And then literally millions of dollars in business resulted from it. But that was not the intention. He didn't think it would turn into anything immediately. But he knew that these were people he wanted to have a relationship with for the next few years or next few decades. And now was the time to show up and be generous, not, not to be stingy because everybody else was, was fearful. And, but it's even more than that. These are the people calling him every day, destroying his business. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. These are people canceling events and causing him to lose commissions for the year. So like, it's like, it's so counterintuitive. It's like, I had a call with a YPO guy today and they're the YPO gold chapter, Heartland or whatever else. And I said, you know, like, we teach our clients to send gifts after an RFP. After you lose the RFP, send uh -huh. a nice note and a thank you gift saying, hey, thanks for 
you know, the time to even give me the shot, give us our company the shot. We know we didn't earn it this time, but maybe in the, you know, we, we hope that we'll stay in touch in the future. No asking for anything, but it's like, who sends a gift when you lose? It's a procurement. Who's a, no, no one. Yeah. yeah, nobody. And so like, really, like, you're not going to get anything for at least three or five years, even if we consider you during the next, you know, RFP time. And so like, it's finding those times to show up for people, not because you're obligated or because it's expected. It's actually doing it at the times that it's completely unexpected. That's where you get the, you know, people are like, how do you get a 10,000% ROI on this? And I'm like, by doing things in a way that nobody else is willing to do them. And you have to be pure with this because I assume a lot of people like, oh, I see what John's saying. I get how it works, but they are just sitting there with a score. You know, they start executing it and they're sitting there with a scorecard. And yeah. they, they call you and they're like, John, we sent that guy two gifts and he hasn't followed up with me yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that um, anybody that's in business, people will say like, what's the you know, ROI? And I'm like, if you play the game long enough, like the, I call it the return on relationships, the ROR, like it's powerful. Yeah. It's 10 X could be 20 X could be 50 X could be three X. But the goal is like, this isn't just to like make yourself feel warm and fuzzy at the end of the day. Like we're in business to make a profit. Like that's a fair thing. Yeah. But I think what people do is they don't look at the overall thing and say, Hey, I'm going to take care of a hundred people. Some are, you know, it's like planting seeds. Like some are going to fall on fertile soil. Some are going to fall on rocky soil. Some are going to get eaten by, you know, crows. Like, but holistically, if you do this well over years for the right groups of people, it's going to come back a hundredfold. You just don't know from which person. So when you start micromanaging and in too tight of time frame and expect everything to happen in three months, that's where you get in trouble because you that that frustration and that tone, like other other people can feel when you gave something and their strings attached. They can also feel like I, I people come back and say, John, do you remember sending X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, I actually don't remember what I sent you because I'm not keeping a scorecard. Now I know holistically what I'm reinvesting back into clients. When, we, when I walk a client through a relationship plan, I'm saying, hey, holistically over your entire business, what percentage of profits do you want to reinvest back in? But to go and micromanage one relationship and say, oh, I sent them two things. They're not doing anything like that. A, that's going to cause you heartburn and you'll be annoyed and pissed off and frustrated. But I'm trying to show you know, these leaders and VPs of sales to say, hey, like, I don't care where it comes from, but if we take your top 50 or 100 or 500 and it comes, if you put a dollar in and it pays you back $5, who cares about the people that, you know, accepted the gifts and they're, you know, they're stingy or whatever else. Cause oftentimes that person that you gift and you thought, ah, they, they screwed me over. It may have been, they may have been going through a divorce. Maybe they weren't in a position of influence at the company, but they don't forget now that five years later, they're at another company. And I've had this happen where people are like, John, and actually today, the YPO person I sent a gift to four years ago was now at a different position. And she was the one that was advocating for me. I forgot I'd even sent her anything, but she didn't forget. And she remembered the, the classy move. So people say they're playing the long game, but they're really, they're playing the long game in days, not decades. Right. And it's having that long-term focus allows you to not get like caught up in the minutia of like, oh, I sent this one gift and nobody responded. Like, who cares? And I think the portfolio approach is right. I mean, you go back to one of my favorite quotes, which is still true today, John Wanamaker, right? Half my marketing works, half doesn't. I just don't know which half. So <laughs> that's a great quote. Yeah. And look, that worked. I mean, this is true in digital marketing too. I mean, some of the stuff just doesn't work, but you see, so you have to look at the portfolio. So do you have plans to write? Uh, I know Giftology has been a huge success. Do you have plans to write uh, another book, either as a follow-up or, or a different topic? 
Uh, it'll be in the same vein. I think you know, we've talked about two different things. One is, you know, Gary Chapman, the, the five love languages guy. I feel like the next evolution, you know, gifting is one of the things that we talk about, but really like acts of service and really the five love languages applied to business is what I want to co-author with him if, if he'll give the green light to that or, or really if his publisher will. We've also talked about, you know, going a little bit deeper into giftology and a little bit more tactical and talking about the concept of referrals without asking. I think that's at the end of the day, people want like, hey, what's the real results? Like what's the, you know, the outcome of, uh, of doing this well and how to, you know, like how to be more strategic with your relationships. And so we have talked about it, but I, I committed, I think you know this, like, you know, per how Elrod and other people that have launched great books, they're like, hey, treat it like a five-year launch. Yeah. And so like we're four years in, in June into this launch. So I got another year and, and that's the reason I think it's been successful and, and continued to get more popular is that every week we're doing one to three things that are book related. And because of that, the flywheel just keeps building more and more momentum. So eventually, yes, but not quite yet. All right. Well, we'll keep a lookout. And last question, what, what's a personal or professional, and this could be a singular repeated mistake that you've learned the most from? I, I would say that uh, I almost lost my business because I outsourced and didn't understand what I was outsourcing uh, with my business. And that was uh, finances. I thought, well, I'm not a financial person. I'm not doing this for money. Like I, I'll just outsource this. And I didn't take the time to learn and understand and kind of like hold people accountable and kind of check what was being done. And because of that, the person was stealing money and doing taxes wrong and almost caused me to, uh, to lose the entire business. And so I have a tendency to, to overtrust and over delegate. And that's fine if you're willing to have some sort of accountability in place there. And so that was a mistake that was almost, uh, you know, relatively fatal. I have a very good friend who has a very similar story and his motto is now trust, but verify. Yeah. Isn't that a Reagan <laughs> quote? I think that's a Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey John, where else can, where can people learn more about you and your work and your company and your book? Well, I, I would say you can't be a giftologist and offer some sort of gift. I think um, <laughs> like offering some sort of like plan and roadmap of like how to do this. Like people can buy the book, which is great, but we created a download that you can walk through our entire process that we charge companies thousands of dollars to walk through with them and they can do it on their own of who to gift, when to gift, why to gift, how to gift, all of these different things are all built into the Giftology system. And they can go download the entire portfolio of questions to ask themselves and their team and strategize and all of that, and there's no cost to it. So I'd say start there, start with a free resource. And then after that, you know, you can always dive into Giftology Group and learn about our agency and speaking and consulting and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I want people to take action on this, whether they, they, uh, they hire a firm or not, I want people to be more radically generous with their relationships and to be empowered to go do that on their own. All right, John, thanks for coming back to share your message with us again. I, it's definitely more relevant now than, than I think ever. Thanks, Bob, for having me, man. All right, to our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Elevate podcast today. We'll include links to John and his work on the detailed episode page at robertglazer.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review as it helps new users discover the show. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is hit the library icon, click on Elevate, and scroll down to the bottom to leave a rating or review. It's easy, I promise. Thanks again for your support. Until next time, keep elevating. This 
episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.